Welcome, welcome, welcome. I so appreciate anybody that is hearing my voice right now for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You know, I I didn't know anything about podcasting, and that is the honest to God's truth, until I was asked to do a podcast, and I tried to look into it, and I I still didn't quite understand. Who's going to listen to somebody just talk about things? You can't see them. You you got to listen. You got to pay attention. I'm so confused, but... Then I realized when I listened to the radio, talk radio, that's pretty much podcasting. When I'm driving and I'm listening to, and this is a great stretch, so don't judge me, but even when I'm listening to my Bible, um, I have a daily Bible, and before any scriptures, there's a guy surmising all the scriptures I'm about to listen to, and he speaks for about 20 minutes straight. In my opinion, that's podcasting, so why not? Why not? And I was totally elated to see I actually have followers. I wasn't expecting that, especially in the first month. But I'm so grateful, and I don't take one person listening to this podcast for granted. I'm so so blessed, and I feel the favor upon me. You know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful feeling especially from somebody like me, because believe it or not, if you know me, you know if I don't know you, I'm really shy. I'm very shy, actually. And I shame myself because I'm over 50 and have enough nerves to be shy, but it's my personality. You know, I would never um, push anybody or ask anybody, hey, you listen to my podcast, go listen to it. I'm I'm not the best salesperson. I'm definitely not a hustler, but... I am an appreciative person, so thank you very much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. So on Facebook, uh, Monday, I believe, I posted, you know, hey, this is a new podcast, but anybody who has anything they'd like for me to speak about, please inbox me. I said adoption, abortion, um, Adopting kids, whether you adopted them, whether you have one of those parents who went to the club and forced you to watch your brothers and sisters while they hung out, whether you had a mom who worked in the evenings or a father and you were the oldest and it was your responsibility to watch your brothers and sisters, anything that deals with childhood, um, being the person to watch a kid, being an abusive child, uh, abused child, anything, please inbox me. And I was shocked to get four messages the same day. It's amazing the people that will read um, your messages and then be obedient. Maybe it's their outlet. Maybe it's their time to tell their story or to get clarification on another story. I don't know. I've just understand the blessing in it all. So while reading these um, inbox messages, there's one that really jumped out at me because it was kind of a continuation of not only my story, but it was funny. Without anybody knowing what I received, I uh, also received a text message from somebody and not saying, tell this story, but just, hey, Sonya, read this. It's very interesting. And it 100% tied into 
what I'm going to talk about. So once again, God makes no mistakes. So the message I received is from somebody who actually adopted a child. She's a black woman and she adopted a mixed race child as a baby. And when she said she always let her child know that they were adopted, but it didn't stop the level of love she had for her adopted child. And it really didn't dawn on him until he got older. And when he got older and he understood, wow, I'm adopted, he wanted to find his identity. All of a sudden, he started telling people, not only am I adopted, but I'm half white, y'all. And the people he hung out with, it didn't go over well with them. And he stopped telling that. But he, he kind of felt like, I'm lost in my identity because I'm really not yours. I'm somebody else's. And I'm a mixed race. So what does that really mean to me? He found out he had siblings. He wanted to get to know his siblings. Uh, his father passed away, so there was no getting to meet his father. But his mother was a drug addict. And because of drugs, they had all their children taken away from them. And it just so happened he was a baby and he was adopted by a beautiful, loving woman who never seen him as any different than her own kids. Um, she just loved on him. As a matter of fact, we all grew up watching him grow up. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful situation. But knowing he was adopted has changed his outlook on not only life, but his being raised. Now the crazy part about this to me, doesn't mean it's crazy, just to me, he doesn't want to have anything to do with his birth mom. He doesn't want to meet her. He feels as though you gave up that opportunity to get to know me when you lost me. But on the other hand, he wants to know his heritage. He wants to understand where he came from, but excluding her from the, the total picture. This amazes me because my son, a black young man, was adopted by a white beautiful couple. He was raised by somebody who wanted a child of color in their home because they had already adopted a child of color that they loved like she was theirs. A beautiful, when I tell you this young lady, my son's sister is a beautiful girl. She is absolutely beautiful on the inside and out. But they didn't want her to be the only person of color in that house. So they sought out to adopt another black child and in walks me and my, my child. Now, I did receive a little flat from letting a black child be raised by Caucasian people, but I was raised in a home where love was love. You've got to know my dad was military. And so I was raised around all races, all races. I, I'd never seen an all-black neighborhood until I was 32. Never seen an all-white neighborhood until I was 34. And that's the honest of God's truth. I was raised in mixed communities. I spent the night over my white friends' homes. They spent the night over mine. I had friends from Panama. I had friends from Japan and Korea and China. And none of us ever looked at each other like, oh my God, 
how do you do your hair? You know, you're you're black. Oh, do you eat chicken and watermelon? You know, all the stereotypes, racist thoughts that go through people's heads. We didn't do that. We just were friends and we loved each other and our parents were friends and we stayed the night at each other's houses and there was no thought of color. But you don't think of that when you relinquish your black child to a white couple. All you know is love. You don't think, oh my God, how are these white people going to raise my black child? And believe me, I get it. Now as an adult and looking at the world the way it is, I get it. But it did not stop my child, my son, from getting the ultimate level of love from his adoptive parents. His skin color did not come into play. Let me go back to the story. So that was one of the things that this young man thought. I'm mixed. I'm half white and half black. I don't know anything about this. Where do I learn about white people? Where do I learn about this race thing? How do I begin to learn and omit this woman from my life? That's deep. It really made me think of my son. Did he go through that? Because even when I met him at age 16, 15 or 16, I never thought, I wonder does he feel some kind of way that his black mom gave him up for adoption to a white couple. It didn't dawn on me until yesterday. Now, in my book, I do state that it was a white couple. There's no denying when you look at people, this white couple has a black son and a black daughter and eventually raised and adopted another beautiful, beautiful black child. So. This white couple who had no kids of their own raised three gorgeous black kids that are all doing well, that are all hyper-intelligent, that are all loving, beautiful people in society. But I didn't think of it in that way back then. How is my child going to feel being raised by Caucasian people? I didn't think of that. I just knew it was a loving couple that I believed loving. Because believe me, people can put on fronts, fronts and, and fake and come across as one way and they are really not that away. We see it every day. Somebody smiles in your face and you think they're a good person and the next thing you know, they've set the world on fire. But thank God I was right about this couple. They were exactly who they displayed themselves to be to me. So how does a young man get to know about his heritage without getting to know his mom, his birth mom? I do also wanna say his birth father died from a drug overdose. His mom went to prison because of drugs, but she has since turned her life around. She has become Christ's child. She, she fully I believe she's an, a, a minister now. She's off of drugs 100%. I can't speak for that young man, but I really do pray he gives her a chance to tell her story. My son gave me a chance to tell my story and didn't hold it against me. 
He could have cursed me up and down and told me I'm the worst person in the world for giving up a child for adoption. Most people who give up a child willingly do it for love. They do it for love. You know, abortion's not a, a, a factor. Um, keeping that child and raising that child in poverty or in a, an abusive relationship or a loveless house isn't an option. But giving that child to somebody else who can love that child and provide for that child in a way you know you can't is 100% an act of love. A hundred percent. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that's exactly where my head was. But I knew I was in a dire situation when I gave my child up. Now, this lady did not give her child up. Her child was taken from her, which means even in the act of using drugs and being strung out, she still knew she wanted her children. The state took those children from her which is God's way of saying, no, if you keep these children, something's going to happen. So let me go ahead and circumvent and remove this child, these children, and put them somewhere where they're going to be loved and taken care of. But when that child grows up or gets older and realizes something is amiss and I need to know about me, those adoptive parents just have to understand, and I know it hurts some of them, but I've done such a great job of raising you. Why do you want to know them? Why? Why do you want to know this? There's several reasons. The most important is your health. You're raised in a family where nobody has diabetes, nobody has hypertension. You know, everybody's healthy, or they have heart problems, or they have this issue or that issue. But as you're growing up, you realize, okay, I'm adopted. What don't I know about my health? What, what did my grandparents go through and my parents go through? Because for me, I got hypertension at age 50. It just hit me suddenly. But thank God I knew when I went to the doctor and my doctor told me, oh, you're going to be on this medicine for life. Your mom has hypertension, your dad. Both sets of grandparents had it. It runs in your family. This is a genetic trait you have. You're going to have hypertension. What happens to that child who gets hypertension and neither one of his adoptive parents have it? He doesn't understand. Well, what else did my family have? What else might I have to look forward to? What, what generic trait, genetic trait, excuse me, has come down my pipeline? They deserve to know that. They deserve to know if they have siblings. They deserve to know if they have aunts or uncle who are great. <laughs> they deserve to know if they have that temper and their adoptive parents don't. Where did I get this temper from? I was watching, I'm all over the place, I know, but I was watching an episode of um, one of these, I, I love reality TV, not, not like the Kardashians or the, the Braxton, not that kind of reality. I like those, who the bleep did I marry? Or um, those shows, Fear Thy Neighbor. Those are the kind of shows I like. So this lady adopted this child as a baby. And as he got older, he became more and more violent. He was violent towards her. She was scared to death of this child. 
scared to death of them, didn't understand, and nobody in that show ever pointed out the fact this child was adopted. They pointed out she didn't raise him like this. The other kids that she gave birth to were not like this, only this one child. And all I could think is, duh, what was the mom and dad like? Where did he come from? What was down the pipeline? That never came up in that show, but that was all I could think. Of course her other kids aren't like that. She's not like that. Her husband wasn't like that, who passed away. But this adoptive child that they didn't talk about those parents, we don't know where he came from. So it's really important for an adopted child to know what they came from, what kind of mom and dad, what kind of mental health issues they may have had, what, what kind of health issues may they have had, what did their grandparents go through. It is important for that child to know it. Whether they know it or not, it's important. So beforehand, if an adoptive parent, which I applaud anybody who is foster parenting, adopting, reaching out to families to support and love, you get all my support. You get all of it. I told my husband the other day, I want to start um, volunteering again. I haven't volunteered since I moved to Florida, but I want to do it in retirement homes where elderly people have nobody who come and give them love. They have no, even if they have children, you know, they don't come and support them or check on them or just love on them. That's what I want to do. My second thing would be to foster. I'd have to get my husband on board with that, but that would be my second option. I'd love to be a foster child and give the love that I know my child got. He wasn't a foster child, but he, he was an adopted child. I'd love to give that kind of love. All right, so back to this young man, though. How does he circumvent his mom and get all of his information he needs? It's my belief that eventually he'll want he'll give her the opportunity to tell his story. I think his adopted mom needs to sit him down and say, listen, you deserve this. Remove her what she wants. You deserve to know where you came from. You deserve to hear her story. But more than that, she deserves to apologize. She deserves to apologize and say, I was wrong, but God, look at you now. Look at what this wonderful woman did for you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And if you never speak to me again, thank you for the opportunity to apologize and tell you I'm proud of you and what a beautiful child you are. And thank you, even if he goes off, for the opportunity to explain myself, right, wrong, or indifferent. He deserves that and she deserves that. So it is my belief, and once again, I'm going to tell you guys, I have no PhD, DR, none of that in my name. I'm just Sonia McQueen. The adoptive mom really needs to instill in him, you deserve this son. She wants to meet you, just meet her this at least one time. Because that one time can turn into a lifetime. 
it can turn into a lifetime. My son is now 29, and I have not missed a beat. He doesn't keep in touch like the girls do, but that's a boy. I heard, I've heard that a billion times from a billion women who raised their, their sons. Yeah, he doesn't keep in touch, but my daughters do. My son, we have a group chat, and we will talk for days, me and the girls. And after three, four days, he chimes in from what happened three, four days ago. So we all have to go back and see what he's talking about. That's just him. But I love him. I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like he wasn't there for those first 14, 15 years. I feel like he's always been. But if the, the adoptive parents didn't give me the ability, because if you haven't read my book, for the first 15 years of my son's life, I thought he was deceased. And that's a story in itself. I'm not going to saturate this episode with that story, but I thought he was deceased, so he wasn't in my life. And when I found out he was alive, it about took me out of here. So when I did meet him, you know, the adoptive father was like, yeah, I got to make sure she's not crazy. I got to make sure she's not on drugs, that she's not, her head is right. Because he didn't know what I thought. And when he first heard my story, I'm sure he thought, yeah, that can't be true. This doesn't sound right. She, let me make sure she's not a liar. Let me make sure she's in her right mind. And he did that. He came and spent time with me first. He spent time. He took the time. And I believe I said this in another podcast, but he flew to me. And he got a hotel room. And he spent quality time with me to make sure I was a, a good person, a decent person, a, a right-minded person before he let the son I birthed, but he raised, get to know me. You can do nothing but appreciate that. And I guess he figured, okay, she's all right. <laughs> because next thing I knew, within a few months, I was flying to meet my son. And I was able to spend alone time with my son and tell him, I'm sorry. This is what happened. And he was able to look at me and say, I forgive you, mom. It's okay. I was able to say, is there anything I can do for you? And he gave me an answer. He gave me an answer, which I won't talk about today either. But the whole point is, he was given that opportunity. I was given that opportunity. I think that the mom should be given an opportunity to apologize. But more than that, the son should be able to have closure. He should be able to have closure. And you never know. During that meeting, it might open another meeting and another meeting. And I did ask the lady who inboxed me, and I'm not going to use her name, even though she didn't tell me I couldn't. Uh, she didn't tell me I could either. So I'm going to be very respectful to that and just say, I asked her, um, give me just a second, you guys, I'm sorry. I asked her, after I was crying about her story, you know, would she feel some kind of way if he developed a relationship with the birth mom? You know, I've always wondered, 
does jealousy play in part? Because I think I would be a little jealous. I have three stepkids sometimes and I get jealous when, you know, their dad, their birth dad, my husband, does stuff with them without me. I feel like those are my kids too. I want to be there. And that's as a stepmom who've only been in their lives now for nine years. We're talking adoptive parents who raise these kids for their entire lives. So I think I personally would feel some kind of way, but I don't know because I'm not in that situation. But she basically said, no, you know, that's her child. That's her child. She housed 36 kids, 36 kids in two years as a foster parent. And her, her daughter, even adopted kids that she was fostering. It's just a beautiful story, but she doesn't believe she'd feel any kind of way because she knows she did a great job and she's just proud. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts. And I know nobody's on this, but you could always send me a message on your thoughts. It's Sonya.McQueen, S-O-N-Y-A dot McQueen, M-C-Q-U-E-E-N, at ledbymotivation.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would also love if you had a story you wanted me to share. As you see in the other episodes, you could be a woman, I'm going to say you're a man. It could be a, a girl, I'm going to say it's a boy. You could live in Missouri, I'm going to say Minnesota. I'm going to make it as generic as possible while still sharing your story and not taking away from it. Now, what I wanted to say is, in the midst of her sending me this, I received an article from my mentor, which you guys hear almost every time, Paula, and it's about a Kansas City chief um, quarterback coach, I believe, or running back coach. I, I, he's some kind of back coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, his name is DeLand. And I can't remember DeLand's last name. I think it's McConaughey or something like that. But if you know the story, you know the story. But he was adopted. And he was adopted by a, a doctor, a, a man and a woman, who his mother gave him up. She was a teenager when she was pregnant. Never told the father she was pregnant. That's number one, like my story. I never told my son's father I was pregnant. All right. She gave him up for adoption, and he was adopted by a, a beautiful, loving couple that divorced when he was two. He was raised by the mom who did everything she could to give him and his siblings a wonderful relationship. And as he got older, he loved football. And he met a wonderful coach, Coach Smith, and... They built a bond, and Coach Smith, unlike the coaches around here in Miami, didn't curse the kids out on a regular basis. These coaches here are something else. You can hear them in the stand cursing these kids out. I don't, I don't know how the parents do it with that, but he was loving. And he said, I know a lot of you aren't looking for a father or a father figure, but that's what you're going to be to me. You're going to be my kids, and I'm going to look at you as, my, as I would my own children. And that's what he gave them. And this boy loved his coach. And even when they went their separate ways, he kept in touch with the coach. They talked on the phone. Long story short, he got old enough to figure out, I need to know where I came from. And he found his mom. As a grown, I think, 
40-year-old man, he found his mom, his birth mom, and got to know her. And the first thing he asked her is, who is my father? She had never told the only people who knew who his birth father was, was her immediate family, her mom, her dad, and a cousin, I believe they said, or an auntie. That was it. When she told him who his father was, he about lost it because his father, of course, was this coach. The coach didn't know that this was his son. You know, he, he was the only one who was in the dark. This is just another young man he fell in love with and who he became an intricate part of his life. And it turns out that that coach, Coach Smith, was his birth father. What a story. What a story. And it tied into today's uh, communication between us. This young lady adopted this child and he doesn't know who his birth parents are. Wouldn't it be something else to find out his birth mom is somebody who's already somehow, some way in his life? I don't know. It ties into my story. I didn't tell my son's birth father I was pregnant. I didn't tell him I gave him up. Um, it, it's a story in itself, but I don't know. Everything, every time I get ready to tell a story, there's something that comes to me that says this is the story to tell. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I, I do believe it's my belief, but of course it's not my life. The young man should give his birth mother the floor. He should not only do it for her, but for him. More for him than anything, so he can have closure and clarity. Uh, last night, I wish I had my notes with me, but I sat in the probably one of the most important um, study groups I've ever sat in. And those were two of the words that were used, clarity and communication, closure. I believe that was three. I said two. I can count. But it, it just all ties in together. Remember when you get a lesson and then somebody comes back and they confirm your lesson without even knowing your lesson. <laughs> That's all the words you need sometimes. And I received three in one day for today's topic. So once again, Sonia.McQueen at Led by Motivation. You can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Sonia McQueen. And I, I think my Facebook is Truth is Better Than Fiction. I have a Led by Motivation page, and I am more than happy to read these comments. They make me feel good. And I will tell you, negativity just, I, I won't feed into it. I haven't received any. Thank you. I haven't received any. I'm just saying I, I won't feed into it. Um, once again, I'm so proud of me, 31 minutes. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I, I once again, do not take it for granted. You have so many people you can listen to. I didn't even realize there are so many podcasts. It's crazy how many podcasts there are. But this one's mine. This one's mine. And I don't care if I stay at 11 followers because, y'all, I have 11 followers with more than 100 downloads. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. 
that means that's 11 people that need to hear this. All right? And you 11 people, thank you. You 100 people, thank you. Thank you. Everybody, have a beautiful day. And I hope you're smiling like I am. The sun stays shining on me. I'm just blessed. I'm blessed, blessed beyond. All right? Have a beautiful day. And talk to you next week.